Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. The only place where you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more bets. I'm your host, DJ Bianco. Years ago, I started tracking public betting trends for every single game in the NFL. I've been tracking how well the public performs when they are more or less confident, tracking how well the Sharps perform when they're more or less confident, tracking how well a team performs when the spread changes throughout a given week. Anything that's publicly available, I track it. I use this historic information to leverage bets that I, and now we, will make in the future. Seeking out trends to find winners is an incredibly exciting topic. And if you've made it this far, I know you're excited too. This is Sharpen the Public. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. As always, I'm your host, Deej, back in person for the first time ever with my co-host, Andy. Andy, how's it feel to record our first episode in person? You know, DJ, it's really nice to meet you in person for the first time. No, I'm just kidding. It is really interesting that we're sitting right next to each other <laughs> recording, though. I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, the audio sounds fine so far, but you're sitting really close to me. It might impact my plays. We'll see. Yeah, we are kind of tightly packed into Andrew's small-ass desk in his, <laughs> in his apartment. But we were co-best men on a wedding this weekend, so it's actually pretty exciting for the reason that we're in person. Hopefully in the future we can do more live podcasts and recordings and stuff, and I definitely have that as a goal. So we're going to try it out, test it out, see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, you know, we'll go back to looking each other on a screen for the rest of our lives, and we'll be fine. But (laughs) given what happened to us last week, maybe this is a nice change of pace for how we're going to (laughs) handle this upcoming week. Yeah, I feel like we should have led this off by saying if we're not actually doing this for a wedding. We're doing this because last week went so poorly that we need to be in person in order to address what's going on in week three, <laughs> because week three is going to be a completely different story. I already feel a lot better about how things are going to go just looking at the slate, but maybe that means that things are actually going to go worse because I like the slate so much. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few options for how this could pan out. You know, We're going to have a nice weekend. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to place our bets Sunday morning. And we're going to see where the bodies lie at the end of the day. It's going to be one of those fun weeks, but that's what we're back here for. We're going to talk about the trends, talk about the reviews that we see for the game, and kind of try and pick the right sides. Because I ended up going uh, down two and a half units. I went, I think, four, five, and one in week two. So honestly, not the end of the day, but I lost the two units on the Falcons play. Pretty much pissed me off. So I lost that to a half a point, minus one and a half. But that's how sports betting works. I'm upset. Yeah, that's a tough week two for sure. Definitely not the worst week two in the books as I lost a good bit more than you did going down almost three units. Actually, 2.99 to be exact. <laughs> wow. So it was rough out here. Thought that I had a really good start going two and one on Thursday Night Football. And then it was just downhill from there where I was only able to stack up seven wins total. So I think I'm also going to try to be a bit better about my volume of plays. I mean, just looking, I've already had 29 official plays. Yeah, that's insane. Which is insane. Uh, I may as well be filling in for Rick having this (laughs) amount of plays with such high volume. I think, too, I mean, I've got four already out there. Uh, If you're listening to this when this comes out, either late Thursday or early Friday, that probably will still be the same. But (laughs) I don't know, man. I do really like this slate. I'm going to try to trim down my volume a bit, but that volume also will keep you kind of not going too far on the red, not going too far on the green, uh, which which is a safe way depending on how you want to do it. We'll see. I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> sometimes it's fun to take a lot. Sometimes it's fun to have one and just kind of be that your play for the day. But, I mean, you have to go back and forth. That's how sports betting works. You can't you expect to, to have the same amount of plays every week. If you do, then you're betting the wrong way, in my opinion. But, anyway, I, we'll digress. The plan today is we'll, we'll go through the trends a little bit quickly so I can fill Andy in. Obviously, the way the podcast is set up now is that we've got the recap episode on Tuesdays and then the follow-up review for or preview for the upcoming week that comes out on Friday, which is this episode. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that previous episode, that's okay. We're going to run through those records really quick. And one of the reasons that Andy and I had a pretty bad week was, you know, these 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 games are going are ending up pretty wild, not really to be expected, especially with the large sharp differentials that we're seeing on these games, you know, large money percentages and the money in sharps and really not doing that well. That's not that's not normal for what we've seen. So hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a regression towards that, what we saw last year coming up soon. And I, I have some reasons in my article and, and talked about in the podcast last week as to why that might happen. But to fill you in, Andy, we went eight and seven with the public still pretty good we went uh six and nine and one with the money 
percentage, uh, sharp differential win six, nine and one. So two very bad records from the money percentage in the sharp differential, which didn't happen often. I, I went back through the, the numbers last year and it was like two or three times last year. There was a week where the money and the sharp differential did this poorly. Uh, public on the over went six and three money on the over went three and one sharp differential on the over went three and oh obviously that's pretty expected given the 13 and three week we saw with with the overs after the 12 and four week we saw with the unders so like a lot of back and forth there public on the undergoing going seven money on the undergoing two and ten sharp differential on the undergoing three and ten again to be expected now, another crazy thing that i didn't put in those bulleted list on my article but the golden rule went oh seven and one so We've got a little bit, little bit to 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 try and hit those numbers from last year. After we started, you know, nineteen and two ATS last year with the Geico trend. So interesting to say the least. Yeah, the stuff with the totals is what's so alarming to me. I mean, public going so poorly on the under after having such a great year on the under last year is really interesting. Zero and seven is so out of the ordinary. So maybe we will see them. I think I think we'll definitely see them trend back up as well as maybe we will see them still have a good year on the under this year. I don't think one piss poor week two is going to determine the fate of how the rest of the season is going to go. Yeah, I'm totally uh, with you. Everybody else doing poor on the under is interesting until you factor in that the over had such a phenomenal week. I don't know if we've ever seen such a teeter-totter back and forth between the over and under. I'd be interested to see if there's been this kind of back and forth swing from one week to the next, much less from week one to week two, which is even crazier. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the way these numbers are landing. Like, you're getting way lower than average totals because we've seen such low, exactly, totals happen in the last year and a couple games. So Vegas is dropping that number down. People are still expecting those unders, but, you know, these teams are still NFL teams and they're hitting those overs. So really interesting to say the least, but I'm excited to get into this slate. It's really going to be a good one, especially with the Eagles game. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dogs that look pretty juicy and there's a lot of money on dogs, but one thing that we're looking to add to the spreadsheet and I started talking about it or started adding it uh, this week and we'll continue to add to it as the weeks go on, but we're going to start tracking how the money public and sharps are changing throughout the week. So we can have more of an influence as to why those lines are changing. And then if those line changes are mattering, especially like if you see a sharp differential at 25 on Monday, but it drops to 13 by Sunday, like is that 12% differential meaningful if it dropped the line, if it didn't drop the line, or if that the team that it drops from, you know, covers or not. So I know that's a lot of wishy-washy. We'll figure it out, but that's exciting stuff that I'm really looking forward to, to getting data for. Yeah. I'm excited to see how that stuff pans out too. I think without further ado, DJ, we've previewed enough i'm really excited to get into the slate are you i am too but obviously this episode usually comes out on friday we're not going to touch the thursday game i initially leaned the giants uh i kind of like the under and we'll probably tweet out either the niners team total over or the giants team total under because the line at 10 and a half is worrisome but this podcast won't be out early enough to talk about that but you guys will see that on twitter how you feeling there's a fat chance that I grip it and rip it with the Giants plus 10 and a half and just sweat it out. I know that the Niners have looked like world beaters these first two weeks, and the Giants have looked like absolute dog shit, and Saquon Barkley's gone down as well. 10 and a half is just so many points, and I think if you were to kind of put this in perspective, like when would the most ideal time for this Giants team that is floundering, drowning right now, when is the most ideal time they'd want to be able to play the Niners? It's on a Thursday night. Short rest for everybody when they might be able to actually pounce and make a difference. Uh, we've seen a lot of really bad Thursday night games. Like, when's the last time you've seen a really good Thursday night game? Yeah. Except for the first game. We'll give them the first game of the year that was really good. But, like, even think about, th- thinking back to last year, because they had a full, they had all the rest in the world heading into that first game. So, it doesn't really count to your point. All these Thursday night games have just been so piss poor in quality these last few years that I think when you can get aside at plus 10 and a half and everyone and their mother is already on. The Niners, I mean, as we sit here Wednesday night, 80% of the bets are on the Niners. 85% of the money are on, is on the Niners. Let's take the other side here and get a touchdown and a field goal of security. Yeah. With the hook. <laughs> yeah, with the hook. I mean, one of the things I, I just talked about, obviously, is this number for the money dropped from 95 to like 85 right now. And it's going to continue to drop because, yes, that line moved from 6 to 10 because 6 was an absurd number for it to open at. But it's going to... 10 is where it probably should be, but now you're seeing a lot more money come in on the Giants because they're getting that 10 and a half, and that is meaningful. That's that's a big number. So 
we'll we'll see what happens for that game. But we're gonna let's, let's move on to the next one. Colts yeah. Ravens. We're covering a game that we want to hear about. So you'll hopefully see it on Twitter, and hopefully we'll win by the time the year by the year of this. Yeah, for sure. Next one we see on the sheet is Colts Ravens. Colts go into Baltimore plus seven and a half. Right now, as we sit, 43% of the public on the Colts and 68% of the money, Andy. That's a nice 25% sharp differential for your boys without possibly AR. So that's a big that's a big thing for me, the health of Anthony Richardson and his concussion. Can I add to that? I like Richardson, as we sit here Wednesday, did not practice. Neither did our center, Ryan Kelly, who's also in concussion protocol. I just think that if you're going to go on the road like this, your concussion protocol, it's very unlikely you're going to play if you're not even practicing on a Wednesday. Um, not to mention this was something they evaluated him for briefly in week one. So I'm hoping that he didn't like re-aggravate it or something where it's now compounded and even worse. They've done a pretty good job of shielding information from the public, which is not good for us as sports betters, but is good in the Colts' favor for this matchup against the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens have all the tape they need on Gardner Minshew, though. It's not like we have some secret Taysom Hill weapon waiting for us that's going to be surprising on the tape. I love the Ravens here at minus seven and a half as a teaser leg, and I'm going to add them as the first leg of my teaser for the Sharp and the Public teaser that it took a loss in week two, guys. <laughs> it's, uh, wow. It's After really so sad. much hype. I think the other sad part is that this would be my third teaser that I've put out in the last few days, but I'm not ashamed. And I do think that there are ample opportunities for teasers this week. So um, I'm not going to shy away from my strategy. <laughs> Three in one week is really fucking ambitious, but there's reason behind it. It fits into a lot of the categories I look for. And yeah, I, I, I think that Ravens at home against a Colts team that is battered and is not going to have a ton of options on offense. I, I like them to win by two points. Yeah, I like the Colts here, honestly. And even without AR, even without your center, I think... The Colts have looked pretty good. Yes, they've played the Texans, and yes, they've played the Jags, two AFC South teams. I'm not so sure. Like, I think the bookmakers know something here. Like, they're giving the Ravens minus eight is saying that the Colts are equatable to the Texans because the Ravens also got eight and a half, nine, ten points around that area. So, right now, the sharp differential is on the Colts, and I believe it'll stay there because the value here is either in a Ravens teaser, I don't think they lose here, so I think that's fine, or the or the Colts. Like, this is a good team that looks like they can cover. They've played well. Again, it's been the AFC South. I'm, I, this is a team I'm happy to put my faith in. I do think this is a, this is an under game. You've got 61% of the public on the over, which doesn't make sense to me. The, the line has moved up two and a half points, which is sust- substantial from uh, 43. It's now 45 and a half. But I wouldn't be surprised to see this number come down, especially once you see AR come off that or come on the injury report and be listed as out. Yeah, plus we got a good shot of public on the over right now. Not not a crazy amount, but sitting here Wednesday night, I think we can make the assumption that people are still going to be riding with the over yes. as that line continues to move up. That's why it's moving up is because people are, are betting it. 100%, especially because of the 13-3 over week last last week. People are going to heavy bet, bet this over. And, like, I mean, we're already looking at a few games on this slate, and you're seeing tons of people on the over in most of these games. So something we're going to need to – consider as we go through the rest of the slate but i think we've beaten this one in let's let's head over to one interesting game the battle of the best oh and two teams we've got <laughs> the los angeles chargers heading into minnesota this line is flip-flops it's been minus one and a half for the chargers minus one for the vikings right now it sits at plus one for minnesota they are home 59 percent of the bets on the chargers 66 percent of the bets are the money on the vikings i am going back and forth on this one i love the chargers but i i think with the how close these two teams are, I'm like scared to take a side and I might just take the over. I might just, I might have just talked about taking the under because of the 13 3 overs, but <laughs> this game, the pass defense for the Chargers sucks. The pass defense for the Vikings is terrible. This, their, their offenses are amazing. Like, this is, this is bound to go over. I think the overs move, yes, the overs move from 49.5 to 54. That's insane. And this could easily have 65, 70 points. God, imagine getting on 49 and a half. That would have been <laughs> awesome. DJ, do you know the three teams that have come back from an 0-2 start to go win the Super Bowl? Uh, the Super Bowl? No, I know the Texans are the most recent, uh, aside from the Bengals, I think, last year. To start, oh, to like make it to the Super Bowl? Make it to the playoffs. Oh, make it to the playoffs. Make it to the playoffs. The Gi- Eli Manning Giants, the beat the Pats, 2001 Patriots. Wow. And then the Cowboys from way back when as well. These guys don't really fit that profile for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> Some of those very characteristic uh, 
that Giants team was how awesome their defense was, right? Neither of these teams really have that going for them. I don't see that in their future. What I do see in my future is me not touching this game until Sunday. I don't even have a lean on it right now. I think what I would look for, I'm probably going to shy away from it now because I'm about to have my third teaser locked in. I'm not trying to have four. That would be insane. <laughs> but I do, I said I'm not going to make a lean. I do ever so slightly lean the Chargers here. And this is a call I made to you and Rick in a Texas change last week. I said the Chargers are going to go 0-2. And then they're going to go into Minnesota. And Minnesota's going to wind up being 0-3. I, I don't have the confidence yet to, to put my money where my mouth is. Especially when you see a 25% sharp differential on the Vikings. These offenses are so crazy. And the defenses are so iffy. That I have no clue. But that's all I really got on this one. Can't, can't, can't lie. I, I don't mind that 54 over as well. But I'm not necessarily leaning. 100%. It's it's basically a toss-up with this spread. Like, it's impossible, honestly, to predict who's going to come out on top of that game. Like, the Vikings have the advantage because they're home, but both of these teams can put up 40 points. Both of these teams could suck. I mean, the, the Vikings lost to the damn Bucks. Like, this is a this is a weird game. Yeah. Uh, next one we see is Bills at Commanders. Bills minus 6.5, 79% of the bets, 84% of the money. I won't toot my own horn, but I did predict that the I said the Bills were going to win thirty to fourteen last week, and I smashed minus eight, which and they won thirty eight to ten. So I, I think that's pretty close. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> I forgot about that until now. Yeah, I got to I got to toot my own horn a little bit there. Uh, I love the Bills, like in these larger spots. Despite them, like Josh Allen loves to beat up on these bad teams, and this is a spot. Obviously, people like it. Four and a half for it to open is kind of wild to me. It's just six and a half, maybe seven, seven and a half. It's probably around where it's going to land eventually. Uh, if you like the bills here, I think you should snag the six and a half. I don't think it's getting any, any better than that. But 79% of the public, 84% of the money. We saw it last week with a larger sharp differential, but still high public and high money. That kind of throws me off for this game. Maybe it, it, it teeter totters between this week and last week. You know, the commanders come out and get a backdoor cover or whatever. But I love the bills in a teaser, minus six and a half. Like, Especially with the low, lower total, forty three, forty four, that's a good spot. I think. I think. I don't think they go into Washington and let the Commanders be three and out. Yes, uh, I totally agree with you. That's. I mean, I've already got my play on the Bills. It was in my early best bets article. I've got them in a teaser with the Rams. Now I'm assuming that Rams line hasn't moved my favor, but assuming that it will once Joe Burrow is marked out, which I think they're playing cards with everybody, and Joe Burrow is going to be out. But we can touch on that when we get there. I totally agree with, with everything you had to say there. I'm not – something weird is going to happen here where the spread's just not going to cover it. Just because everyone's on the same side, some weird shit's going to happen. But there's a lot of games like that this week where everyone's kind of on one side pretty decisively. So there will be surprise, some surprises. Maybe this is one of them. Maybe we get another 38-10 or – what did you predict, 38-14? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, now that we're looking at it, I mean, 80% of the public is on the over and 53% of the money giving a 33% sharp differential towards the under – on a line that's moved down, yet eighty percent of the public is on the over. Like this is a this is an easy overplay for me, like or underplay for me. I might take it right now. That's Lock insane. it in, dude. I mean, Lock it in. Yeah, that that that's like an obvious play. All right, you're on the board for one. I'm on the board for half a play. <laughs> the, uh, there's no chance. Like the Bills' defense is good, and the Commanders' offense, Sam Howell, they might he might be seeing ghosts out there on <laughs> against the Bills. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that. What people are seeing with when they're betting the over there is kind of how interesting that Bills defense was towards the latter half of last year. But they're fully healthy now on defense. So we shouldn't really be considering like their deficiencies on defense that second half of last season, especially in the playoffs where they were let down by them now. Um, and I think that they'll be able to prove that on the road. The Dan Snyder being gone magic can only last so long. Well. Right. Yeah. This two and zero commanders. It doesn't They're make not sense. Starting three and zero, and the Bills are also not starting one and two. That yeah. I think. Yeah, that would be a wild story for both squads if the Commanders come out victorious. So I'll stick to my guns with the Bills and the teaser that I have. Um, and I might just I I'm not gonna officially ride with you, but I will be placing some of my own personal money on your underplay because I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, I think with the way the numbers are shaping up right now, it, it kind of looks like an obvious take right now. So grab that while you can. It's probably only going to go down with some reverse line movement or something. Moving on, we got Saints, who just played on Monday, going into Green Bay. Saints are plus two. Packers have 63% of the bets and 85% of the money. 
This is interesting. I would have expected, you know, I mean, Derek Carr and the Saints just played in front of the world, right, on Monday night with against the Panthers and had a horrible game. So I guess I'm not too surprised as to why the public and money are on the Packers. But I kind of lean Saints here, like in a hold-your-nose disgusting play. The Packers have not shown me much. Like, they barely got a cover out of the Falcons, but and they destroyed the Bears. They have not played a top seven, top eight defense, which is the Saints. And I would not be scared to hold, you know, Saints. I hope this line keeps moving, you know, plus one, plus two, plus two and a half, plus three. That would be awesome. This defense is good enough to to hold a rookie quarterback. Well, not rookie, but you know what I mean? Jordan Love to a, a tight game at least. And Derek Carr showed some signs. Chris Olave looked unbelievable. I think there's a chance that the Saints easily come out here on top. Would you take a money line or plus two? Uh, plus 110. I mean, it, it's kind of worth it. I think that's fine. I, I like to go with the points just with the way that we talk about spreads here. Yeah. But um, a money line I don't hate either. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's also been some really wacky close games. It's more than usual, in my opinion. I was hoping that it wasn't going to look like this for the Packers. I mean, they do have the sharp differential of 22%, so it fits in the golden rule, but... How the golden rules looked recently. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been trusted. I'm gonna I'm gonna back off just a tad on the golden rule just until we get more yeah. information for this season as a whole, because there will hopefully be new trends that we can derive information from as the season goes along. I don't have anything right now. I mean, going back to my point, I I was hoping that I it wouldn't be like this where everyone was on the Packers, but to your point, starting off, the Saints did play on Monday night. They have to travel to Lambeau Field. At least Lambo's not cold yet. I mean, it's probably got a little bit of a breeze, but it's not cold yet. I don't have a play here. Under is interesting that everyone's on the under. Don't mind that. Don't mind that. Might take a look there. We'll see. Yeah, that, that's a good play, too. I like that there. Saints defense looks good. It looks really good. Yeah, and the Packers don't look... T- I mean, they held the, the Falcons to 25, which is not the worst thing in the world, but the Falcons have no passing offense. Like, Desmond Ritter looked terrible, so... yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to say. They, the Saints don't really have that great of a passing offense. They just have to rely on Derek Carr. Chris Olave and Michael Thomas did have good games, but the Panthers' defense didn't really look good. So uh, what I'm really looking forward to for this game, which will determine if I play, if I see that 85% money on the Packers go down and that sharp differential decreases, despite them having, you know, maybe they're probably going to end up higher than a Geico trend, but if that changes that much, and that's kind of what I talked about at the beginning, that's something that shows that hey, you know, bigger betters are on the Saints as the as the week's gone on because th- this line is too close. Totally agree. I actually want to draw a comparison between our next two games because when you look at the spreads, they're the exact same. The Falcons are three and a half point dogs heading into Detroit, and the Titans are three and a half point dogs heading into Cleveland. Even though these spreads are the same, I think that we have two complete tales of the tape here where. People are saying the Falcons' defense is a little bit back. Uh, I've been shitting on the Falcons' defense on record since the summer, and I've still not sold yet. I think we're going to see a ton of offense in this game between the Falcons and Lions, where you're going to see quite the opposite in the Titans and Browns game, where that total is sitting at 39.5 versus the total <laughs> that is seven points higher in the Falcons and Lions game at 46.5. Um, the Sharps seem to disagree with me about the Falcons and Lions game, where there is a 27% sharp edge to the under in the Falcons and Lions game, but and the Sharps are also on the Falcons, a plus three and a half. I think that hook is definitely definitely a difference maker. I just, for some reason, Deej, if this goes back down to minus three for Lions, I'm probably locking it in. I think that what happened with them and the Seahawks, people are starting to sell their stock so quickly on a team that we forget just beat the Chiefs in week one. Albeit, not the most impressive display. The Chiefs looked like shit in that first game many times on offense. But the, a lot of people are already selling their stock after being so high on the Lions in this offseason. And I'm not ready to sell that stock yet. I think that they do have the full package. I think that it might actually really come down close to that number. We will see a lot of points back and forth. Uh, but I very early on here lean minus three to the Lions and the over. Whereas I feel the, I feel the opposite way in this other game. I want to take the dog with the Titans and the under. I, I kind of lean that way on that one. Well, how do you feel about these two games that are so similar in spread yet so different in uh, Total. personnel? Yeah, it's personnel for sure. If it, if the line was still five, which is what it opened at for the Falcons-Lions game, I would be on the Falcons. But getting the number three, if you can, it's only available in some shots and it's even probably minus 115. That is, that's very gettable. And 
this Lions offense is probably too much firepower for the Falcons offense to handle. And I say that because the Lions have can do it both on the ground and in the air. Yes, there's no David Montgomery, which is why maybe some of the Sharps are on the Falcons and move that number so much. But Jameer Gibbs is very capable, as we've seen. They just need to use him. And I think Dan Campbell's being a little weary with how they're using him in the beginning of the year, and I think he's going to only get more and more involved. But yeah, I like the minus three solely because the offense of the of the Lions can far overscore the Falcons' offense because of their passing. Like Desmond Ritter, as I talked about, is not good enough to 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 win a shootout. And this game could be a shootout based on the defenses, as we saw with the last week with the Seahawks. We saw it all year last year with the Lions. Like they are have a great offense, but their defense is trash. So. Yes, the Falcons are going to score some points, uh, but I do see it very easily happening. You know, they the Lions come out on top 29-24, something like that. So, like I said, five points, it's a bit more wishy-washy, but right now I, I would love to lean Lions. And, again, we'll see what happens to that sharp differentials as the days go on, but 20% towards the Falcons, hopefully that comes down, yeah, indicating some late sharp plays on, on the Lions for us. For sure. Um, on the Titans side, this is a game I don't read well. I love the Titans as dogs. Mike Vrabel is, I think, the best underdog winning, like profit-wise, like for betters in the in recent history. But right here, like everyone's on the Titans because they just beat the Chargers in overtime. Everyone's down on the Browns. Seventy-seven percent of the bets, seventy-six percent of the money on the Titans. This kind of feels like an ugly Browns win. Like Kareem Hunt comes back home somehow, scores two touchdowns, <laughs> and the game ends. 17 to to 16 in the or 17 to 14 in the Browns cover because it gets to 3 or whatever. Like this is a weird game that I would feel uncomfortable back in the Titans here, especially with no one really making decisions from a sharp perspective and the lines already moved down. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're just leans for me right now. Everybody be on the same side with the Titans. I'm not a huge fan of and I, but then again, here I am saying that, and I'm siding with the under, which everyone's on that side too. So we'll see what happens. These are ones I want to wait to see develop, but um, so, sort of similar, sort of not. We are seeing a 99% money on the under at 39.5. Uh, it's already moved from 41.5 to 39.5. Will it go lower? That's insane. 99%. Dude, people are listening to me. They love a low under. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Next up, we've got another AFC South. What's up with these AFC South divisional games? <laughs> they, can we piss off? I, like, the NFL schedulers are like, let's feed everyone three AFC South divisional games in a row. They're going to love it. I, no, this one's not even going to be on people's TV, Steve. It's not. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're I think you're onto something with the AFC South and the and the the uh, schedule makers because <laughs> every year it, it's like they don't they want to get these games out of the way because they won't matter at the end so they don't want them to play these games it's fair it's totally fair <laughs> no it, it, it screws over these teams though it's so annoying it's like the Colts had four divisional games in the first six yeah and of course I mean our team was shit last year but it's like it wasn't gonna make a difference anyways but like we had a good squad and got off the wrong foot I mean we're already kicking ourselves later <laughs> on anyways I've, I've bitched about that so often we don't need to go any further here as we said right now, there's a 40% sharp differential on the Texans at plus nine, or I think that's wrong. I believe they're at plus eight. Yeah, plus eight. Um, at plus eight. They started at plus seven, and they got 82% of the money in fourth. 40% has a sharp differential. Yeah, this is nuts. I mean, I, I this kind of, I talked about it earlier with the, uh, the, Col- the Colts game, was it? Which game was it? Where I talked about the Ravens. Uh, versus the Texans, yeah, Colts, Ravens. Like this, this line is again eight points uh, with the Texans involved. This is saying Jags are as good as the Ravens. Obviously, the Texans are home week one, but so that adds a little bit of a factor. But I don't believe the Jags are as good as the Ravens, and I think the Texans can cover this eight. If you get nine and a half somewhere, that's amazing. And I think that's why the sharp differential is so different. Like the public being on the public being on the Jags here is obvious to me. The Texans are 0-2. They haven't looked great late in the games, but C.J. Stroud looks very good. He's He was the first uh, Ohio State quarterback to throw for over 300 yards, and I think he has now thrown his career high is now higher than Justin Fields' career high uh, passing yards, which what? is pretty insane. Wait, what? In one game, in one game, not not, oh, not total. I was going to say, no, that's wrong. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I believe that. He's making Nico Collins and what's his name? Tank Bell. Tank Dell. Tank Dell. <laughs> look like look like stars. And this is the Texans we're talking about. They have no defense. Like, C.J. Stroud is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL, and I think he's going to start fi- filling these shoes. And, you know, the Sharps see that with 40% sharp differential this early. And the line moving the other way. So that's a bit weird. Yeah. I... I said this in week one, I and maybe it was week two. Jeez, I mean, we've only recorded two podcasts. I'm already forgetting what I'm already forgetting what I said. <laughs> I think the Jaguars are still overvalued in the market. I totally agree with you that they're not as good as the Ravens are. I think that this might be one that I pair with my Giants portfolio of massive spreads in week three, where I'm just gonna sweat it out on Sunday at one o'clock and just wait for. Uh, <laughs> Wait for the Texans to lose by a touchdown or less. So, yeah, it, I, I'm interested to see where the number goes, but I do lean Houston here for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think that's the only way to lean. This is too many points for a Jags team that I'm not quite sold on yet. I think they have the Cassidy, and they're going to win the AFC South. I, I like them. They're going to have a good year. I think they're even going to you know make the division or even championship game in the AFC playoffs, but they're not quite there. there there's a lot of games left. Staying in the AFC, now to the East. We've got Pats going to New York, playing the Jets. Pats are minus two and a half in New York with 76% of the bets and 79% of the money. <laughs> this is an ugly-ass game, man. This is nuts. This is nuts. I know that Aaron Rodgers is, like, done, and I know Zach Wilson is shit. But the Patriots have also not looked great, and everybody's just siding with them because of Zach Wilson. So... May I present to you, and I mean, it's indicating that it's going to move to three. By the time the podcast comes out, this is going to be plus three. Yeah. May I present to you, Deej, the Sharpen the Public teaser of the week. (laughs) It is the Jets, and it probably will be plus nine by the time the podcast comes out. But if this releases and it's plus eight and a half, whatever. Give me any any of them, because they're not going to lose by a touchdown at home, especially on a 36 and a half point total. Yeah, this game, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say to add on to your point. Like, that's going to... This is going to just stay close. You're getting nine points here is incredible in a 37-point total. The thing that scares me is how good Belichick is with terrible quarterbacks, and Zach Wilson is one of those. I don't I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I know that Bill Belichick has destroyed Zach Wilson's like in his career. So that worries me a lot. But I do think the Jets' defense can easily like hold the Patriots' offense here. Yep. The Pats will probably win. The Jets have like their Jets offense just looks pretty stale with Zach Wilson, so I, I think I think putting in the teaser here is a great idea. I, I'm with you, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's the other thing, right? I totally agree they're going to expose Zach Wilson, but I think that Mac Jones is equally going to be exposed, and they're ready to they're ready to ship him out of town. I think in New England. I mean, by the time this game's going to be over, they're going to be ready to get rid of Mac Jones. Um, if they yeah, if if it doesn't look good, especially I think. Uh, the Action Network has this cool thing talking about like luck rankings and stuff. The Patriots are the unluckiest team right now in the NFL. So it's interesting to see that 76% of the bets and 79% of the money is on them, given that outcome. Maybe everyone looks at that, but I don't know. Uh, taking the page, taking a spread here is scary unless you're teasing it. Like I, I might just stay away. It just looks like an u- ugly game. I took, I took the Pats in this game last year, and I think they won 10 to 3 on a game-winning punt return if you remember i that. think that was overtime too wasn't it it was, it was either last minute yeah it was either the last minute or in overtime so i barely lucked out on that one taking the pats and i i just could don't want to don't want to touch it again honestly totally fair and the last game in the one o'clock slate speaking of quarterbacks that are about to be shipped out of town dj we've got russell wilson here as a six and a half point dog heading into miami which is so heavily backed by the public Miami's got 78% of the bets as we sit here uh, yeah. as a night. And the Broncos has 64% of the money. For those of you who are not doing math on a pen and paper like I am, that is a 42% sharp differential to the Broncos at plus six and a half. This is a hold your nose, man. This is, <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. It is. Uh, what I will say, though, is I do stand pretty tall on my Dolphins in the teaser. Uh, and that was in my early best bets article. Or no. That was one that I tweeted out, actually, the Dolphins. That was not in the article. I do have the Dolphins minus six and a half straight up, and I do have them in a teaser uh, minus half a point. Um, why I have them in a teaser, I think it's 
pretty obvious. I think they're going to pull off the win. This stuff's scaring me on my spread play. I will admit. <laughs> what I will say, though, is I just don't think that the Broncos can even run with this offense. That not even close to run with the, with this Dolphins offense. And the Dolphins defense, Michael Daniel said it after the week one. He was like, we just need one stop from you guys every now and again. He said it in the, in the speech after the game. And they really only did get one stop for them against the Chargers. I don't think they're going to have to worry about that with Russell Wilson just throwing dump passes out for all three downs and not being able to get 10 yards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like the, the thing about this and probably, probably part of the reason why those sharps are on the Broncos here is this is a Sean Payton will find ways to make Tua uncomfortable. And I don't think he's going to have a hard time with that. So that's what scares me. I think obviously he couldn't make Sam Howell uncomfortable in the second half of the commanders game. So that's a bit of an issue. And I don't know. Patrick Sertain is going to be on Tyreek Hill, so Jalen Waddle might have a day. I don't know. I I would have to take if I took a spread, I would take the Broncos. But I'm depending on. We'll see how the numbers change. I might just take the over and just bet that no one's going to stop anyone. Yeah, this could be a great Jared Sidham game because he might come out in the second half after Russell Wilson shits the bed. <laughs> yeah, you you and you and Jared Sidham, man, you guys are best friends. <laughs> Okay, so that's it for the 1 o'clock slate. Moving on to the 4 p.m. slate, we've got the Panthers heading over to Seattle. Panthers plus 6 with the Seattle Seahawks with 79% of the bets and 74% of the money. The Panthers are obviously coming off a terrible performance. It really didn't look like Bryce Young knew what he was doing in that offense. The Saints defense looked pretty good, in my opinion, but I don't know if it was... I can't tell if it was Bryce being bad or the Saints being good. So I'm kind of curious to hear what you think about this one. The lines move from four to six. So people love the Seahawks. And this is a this is an interesting number given how good the Seahawks offense looked uh, in the previous week. Yeah, I didn't really touch on this when we talked about the Saints, but to your point, like I don't know how, we all acknowledge they have a good defense, but I don't know how well they've been tested because their quality of opponents this, so far two weeks in has been shit. So against the Green Bay offense, maybe that will actually be tested. But anywho, with Carolina, I have absolutely no faith in this team going on the road. I think for Bryce Young, what a hell of a way to start. You go on the road at your division rival against the Falcons. Then you host your other biggest division rival in the Saints. And then you're on the road again at the loudest stadium in the NFL at the Seahawks. It's just such a tough look, but... I'm not ready to go minus six just yet. Um, I do lean it, but I'm not ready to go that way. The numbers here scare me on where the splits are at. I don't have enough confidence from that side for me to feel ready to lock in the bet, even though my gut says the Seahawks blow out this team. I think some weird shit could happen here where either the Seahawks underdeliver or things start to click for Carolina, but a lot of things would have to click for Carolina on offense. They already lost Shaq Harrison on defense, which is a massive loss. He's out for the season now. So they're already starting to lose bodies on the defensive side of the ball. That just makes me think that Geno might tear, tear through these guys. Yeah, with the way this total is sitting and the total is moving down, 42.5 it opened at, and now is 41.5 in some shops. 33% sharps on the under. I don't so much love the Panther, or the, I'm sorry, the Seahawks over, like under. So I'm not necessarily sure I'm going to take the game under, but I do love the under in general. So I think I'm thinking Panthers under here, probably sitting around 20, 21 and a half points. It looks, it looks pretty juicy to me, given the fact that Bryce, that offensive line did not look good at all. Uh, and having him as a rookie quarterback come into wherever they play in Seattle, just seems like, seems like death. Uh, I'm completely out of it and didn't even look at the total here. You can lock me in for an official play on <laughs> under 42 for the full game. Based on the reasons that I gave, originally but also like if the Panthers defense does pull through a bit more well I literally just said Gino might rip through this defense and now I'm changing but that's what I'm saying that's why I don't like to see how he's actually going to I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk that back <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if he's like going to that's why I'm on the, only the Panthers under because I think the way that they looked but I mean maybe that's what Vegas wants me to think and that's why 94% of the money is on the under but the, the number's moving down which is a good sign if, you, if you're an under better here yeah Ed, this is an interesting one. This is a really interesting one. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not looking that in as official. I, 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 I do like the way that you're looking at this, but we'll all lean under, actually. Sorry for getting everyone's hopes up. 
Yeah, I mean, we need some unders after what happened last week. It's going to happen, too. Like, I don't think it's going to overcorrect itself like we saw in week one, but it's going to happen. Like, there's, I don't think it's, we're going to see a split down the middle with totals. I think it's going to lean back under a bit. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go back and forth, I think. And I feel like the public's kind of always going to be behind, unless just the overs go nuclear this year and there's a complete 180 from what we saw last year. But that's impossible to predict. Moving on to the next game, we got... Dallas going into Arizona as 12-point favorite. Started, this line opened at 7. It's now at 12. Not sure when that action number says that, like when it actually opened, but 5 points is crazy. It's I think that 7 is from the summer. So yeah. that's, let's disregard the 7 because that's an older number, but the 12.5 has been there, or the 12 and 12.5 has been there since uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, and it's not moving despite 88% of the bets and 86% of the money on the Cowboys for me. And I'm going to say it in the next game too. <laughs> they're about to hit. God, why do we have two just such heavily lopsided games here? Cause in my gut, it tells me that one of them's going to hit and one of them's not. That's what I was thinking too. But it, which makes me want to stay away. But God damn it. I'm about to take both dogs. Aren't I? I, I, I lean the Cardinals plus 12 and a half. They've surprised many people. And just for the sheer fact that, Everyone and their mother, compared to the next game that we're about to cover, everyone and their mother is on the Cowboys here, not even thinking about it. When the Cardinals have seen a pleasant surprise in Josh Dobbs, in my opinion, he's not half bad. Yeah, I mean, I said it in my podcast earlier in the week. Like, they got called at halftime that they needed to start tanking because they looked too good. A lot of people were saying that. (laughs) They're doing what the Colts did last year. (laughs) The the Colts went up, like, what was it, 30-something to three? It's like, like, we cannot do this. Yeah, Yeah. and then choked. That was the worst. Yeah, that was a wild comeback, and thankfully he didn't cover that game. Uh, But the main thing for me in this this Cardinals game is I'm surprised the public isn't on them or even the money isn't on them more, which kind of scares me, but it also... It's too early to tell, potentially. I think if they, I think people could be waiting to see if this line moves because it's just it's literally just sat here. Yeah. I think if it moves more, we may see a sharp money boost. But when things have stayed, it just tells you that Vegas is really confident in their position on Cowboys, which makes me feel good about the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting to say, like especially with 12.5 is so much in this NFL and the way the Cardinals have looked, they haven't looked terrible. They just haven't. They've been in all of the games that they've played with a possibility to win. They could be 2-0 and if the ball bounces their way in a few spots. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I would definitely lean Cardinals here. I'm not saying I'm going to make that play right now, but I would absolutely lean the Cardinals. And yet another game where I'd lean the under as well, but I'm going gonna, gonna to not touch this one until Sunday. Amen to that. I'm, not, I'm also waiting until Sunday, and I'm going to be waiting until Sunday for this one, the Bears and the Chiefs. This one, the splits are different compared to the other 12 and a half point spread game that's featured at 430 <laughs> the bears actually have a 16 percent sharp so they've got 31 percent of the bets with 47 percent of the money i found that very intriguing what was the stat on patrick mahomes when he's a double digit favorite at home yeah i think this is pretty widely known but mahomes is a double digit favorite is like 7 13 and 1 ats it's known at least i feel like it's known that mahomes typically is obviously a phenomenal quarterback but he really doesn't cover these larger numbers and that's what scares me here but am i really going to be on the bears three three weeks in a row after they've let me down (laughs) i don't know if i can do it again like they i thought they were going to be great against the bucks last week i thought they were going to be fine week one but now they're going to play a healthier version of the chiefs you know, all of this Bears defensive coordinator stuff going on that I don't even want to talk about. There's there's so much up in the air with this Bears team that the only thing I would consider taking in this is the Chiefs team total over. Yeah, I'm not touching this one until Sunday, and I have no lean. I want to partially lean Bears here, but just a performance lately. I think the way they cover is if Justin Fields is actually what he's saying at the press conference that happened today. So it'll be two days old by this time this releases, but just talking about that the coaching is the reason why he hasn't been running the ball as much and doing what made him great last year. But like, on the other hand, he's lost 10 games in a row. Dating, but they lost eight games, the final eight games last year, and now he's 0-2 to start this season. He's going to be, he's going to have lost 11 games in a row because they're not about to go into Arrowhead and win <laughs> as 5-1 to one underdogs. But... I think that if he does what he says he wants to do, 
there are opportunities for them to surprise this KC defense enough to cover just short of two touchdowns, maybe. I'll, and I'm not even saying that with a lot of confidence. I don't even lean that way. The way like, That's just their path to victory to a successful cover, not to win. The way I feel is the Chiefs' defense has looked great. Like, their offense didn't play well last week, but they only allowed nine points to a, a fairly good offense in the Jags. So, and the Bears are coming off so much controversy, like, media-wise. They're going into Arrowhead on it. With Chris Jones on defense, their defense looks te- the Bears' defense looks terrible. This just seems like a, a a route for the Chiefs, and seventy percent of the public is on the Chiefs, which obviously makes sense because it feels like that. So that sixteen percent sharp differential towards the Bears worries me some, but it's like that number, you know, the fifteen percent or higher that we've seen recently has not done anything really this year. So that's one of the reasons I'm kind of thinking about staying away just because this chief offense while it hasn't looked amazing <clears throat> this bears defense is terrible it's it's the worst in the league do you think if you bet giants money line bears money line and cardinals money line <laughs> which by the way if one hits you would profit do you think that's a smart bet no <laughs> the only so you're up parlaying them you're just taking straight up the only team theoretically if one hits you do profit the only team that possibly could cover there or could win is the cardinals because the giants haven't or the cowboys haven't played anyone but i mean sure put it put it all for half a unit (laughs) i might do that just have a little fun with your money yeah all right let's get into the night games so we've got one sunday night game and then two monday night games again don't know why ESPN's doing it this way, and they're once again not doing a Manning cast. That yeah. makes no sense to me. Let's get those rookies of the Lewis Riddick squad, who has been subpar on TV for the last several years, uh, off. But anywho, we've got, first off, Sunday Night Football with our favorites, Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico. Steelers are plus two and a half, plus three, depending on where you look. And they have 55% of the bets with 45% of the money, giving the Raiders a 10% sharp edge. Uh, I'm staying away. I don't want anything to do with this game. I have no clue what's about to happen. And quite frankly, the move could be like maybe like a Raiders team total under or something. But I, I'm I'm out on this game. I'm kind of contrarian here. Well, contrarian to the public, I should say. Like I, you know, guys, you guys know how much I love the Steelers. And T.J. Watt is by far my favorite non-Eagle in the NFL. But I th- I think I have to back the Raiders here. Like I I think. This is a great bounce back spot for them. They played two tough defenses and they obviously had another one. Uh, I say tough loosely because they played the Broncos week one, but they played the Bills last week and looked horrible. I think this is a really good, like the Steelers coming off a good momentum win, come back against a division rival. Now they got to go to Las Vegas. They got to play the Raiders uh, in a very tough environment on Sunday night. So. I like Jimmy G and Devontae Adams and his offense and Josh Jacobs to finally get right, despite the Steelers having a very good defense. But their Steeler, the Steelers' defense, while it is good and everyone knows it's good, their their rush defense is actually not as good it was as it was last year and not top tier right now. I think it's like twentieth. I don't have the numbers in my in front of me, but that's one of the reasons that I back the Raiders. I think they're going to rely on Josh Jacobs a lot more, and hopefully he does better than nine rushes for negative two yards because that cannot happen again and they won't win games if that continues to happen. So I like the sharp edge towards the Raiders. If I took a bet, I like the minus two and a half. I think if you can find the minus two and a half, I think that's the side to take. Clearly the line has moved. I think it started at more closer to like even or pick them and has moved to, to minus two, two and a half and now three in some spots. So I think that's the side to take if you, if you do like it, despite what's going on with the Steelers. Kenny Pickett just doesn't look as good as I thought he would. Yeah, I have a great read on this, to be honest with you. The Josh Jacobs inside, I think, is great because of the uh, rush defense part. But uh, a game that I do have a much better read on is the Eagles. Um, I'm locking in your birds to cover minus four and a half, and here's why. Um, they are split pretty even here on bets, 51% of the bets on the Eagles, so not noteworthy on the bet numbers. That number is a bit different than when I looked earlier today. There were more, there are more bets on the Eagles, like a a considerable number, but that number is slowly but surely shifting to your point earlier. 
talking about when the public kind of, as the week goes along, if the public continues to progress in what they're betting on with the bet percentage, that's not great. So with that happening with the Bucks now, I think that that plays into it. I think that there's a massive correction here where the spread opened up at seven, and now the Eagles are down to minus four and a half. A lot of people are already buying into this Buccaneers hype when truthfully they haven't played a ton of tough competition defensively where Baker Mayfield has been made out to look a lot better than he actually is. I've promised you guys he is not magically becoming better now that he's on a fourth team. That's not <laughs> happening. So give me the Eagles here to actually put these Buccaneers in their place. I think it would be just as surprising for the Buccaneers to start 3-0 as it would be for the Commanders to start 3-0. And I'm surprised that people are so quick to sell their Eagles stock after the Vikings came back. You got to remember, it's the Thursday night factor that I talked about before. The Vikings caught the Eagles at a good time and were not able to take advantage of it. That's a testament to how good the Eagles are. But they were able to sneak in a cover at the end. Yeah, That's not going to happen here. The Eagles have ample time from Thursday all the way to Monday to prep for this Bucks game as well. They're about to fly into Tampa and beat the piss out of this Buccaneers team. And it seems like the... The trends agree with what I'm saying, too. And we'll be able to monitor that as things go along. I'm actually going to tweet that out, too, and then tease the podcast. But then be like, <laughs> not tease the game, tease the podcast. <laughs> and, um, and just say, this is one of my sharp in the public plays. But, yeah, I, I, I love this play. I've already got too many one-and-a-half unit plays, so <laughs> I'm probably just going to do one unit. But I didn't touch on this earlier. I am doing two units with my teaser of the Ravens and Jets. I, that's probably that's by far my most confident teaser of the week. So wanted to clarify that while we were talking about unit sizes. Yeah, I think you nailed it. The big the big spot for me here is the is the time the duration that the Eagles have to prepare for this game to get right to get healthy because our defense is pretty pretty banged up. Uh, I think we're under like our fourth string cornerback. Blankenship is out of safety, so and we're down linebackers. The good thing though is our pass rush and our defensive line looks very good with our young guys, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. So that gives me hope to be able to get to Baker in time before we can get the ball out quickly to, to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because they might have a field day on on our secondary, which worries me. And that, I think that's why a lot of the, you know, you see that 19% sharp differential towards the Bucks, and that's part of that reason. However, I think Andy hit the nail on the head. I, at seven, I hate the number, but as it creeps closer to four and a half and might get down to four or even three, three and a half, I think you have to take the Eagles here. Like on so much time, the, uh, this shorter spread to get right, like this is this is a game. This is a get right game for the Eagles. The, the this is the easiest team they've played, and if they can make Baker Mayfield feel like he's uncomfortable. This is this this could be this could be ugly for for Bucks uh, backers. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I don't know if it's going to tip farther than this. Every time that it's um, it's only at four and a half right now on Bovada, and it should start to open up to four and a half on some other books as the night progresses. Probably we'll see that Thursday morning some, but as it, I think it's starting to hit a resistance level where people are starting to go both ways, or we're going to see this bounce back and forth. I don't know if it's going to go any farther. I mean, yeah. If this goes to three and a half, if three, I mean, each time it moves a half point from four and a half, I might put another unit. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I feel I, this is probably my most confident play of the week. And even though I'm going into one unit, I think that I probably will end up putting one more on it by the time that the game kicks off, just watching that line movement and don't want to overexpose myself right now and screw myself over. Yeah. This is definitely one that will, I should. I just want to be clear, like monitor this number, 68% money right now in the Bucks. You're going to see that number go down to, to 61, 60, 55, maybe even flip all the way to the Eagles if this number stays where it is, four and a half. So that's what I'm going to be watching towards Sunday because I, I won't place it right now because I'm not ready. But if it stays, that, that that's the, definitely the side to take. All right. You want to end it? Yeah, last game. This is another wild one. I mean, the the schedule is thought to be a little more important, but with the Joe Burrow news, uh, this is an interesting game. We've got the Rams going into Cincinnati, plus three, plus two and a half in some spots, 70% of the bets, 65% of the money. I don't even know where to go. With the way the Bengals have looked as of late, it looks like they, you know, they are playing with Andy Dalt again. I mean, I don't even know what to think of their offense. It looks abysmal. We talked about it in the EAFC North preview. 
over the offseason, the loss of, you know, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, these really big name secondary players has affected them. They've they allowed 24 points to the the slow offense Browns and just lost who they play last week. They just lost to uh the Ravens. So they played two tough AFC North divisional matchups and I and I throw the crux on that and that's why I would lean Bengals here because I think you're getting the Rams on a high covering against the the Niners versus the Bengals on a low, but at this point, it's 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 kind of tough. Uh, the one thing that's crazy, but obviously I think it's part of the Joe Burrow stuff, is the under has a 51% sharp differential. So I don't know where people are putting their, why the public's betting the over here. 70% of them are on the over, while 81% of the money is on the under. That is blasphemy. That's just, that's just wild. Yeah, I already took the Rams money line at plus 110, and I've already got a bad CLV here uh, at midweek because it's at plus 120 now. And I think that when Joe Burrow gets ruled out, because I firmly believe that's what's going to happen, I seriously think that they're like playing the game and that he's eventually going to be ruled out. It will move more. This isn't just a correction. This is a correction because of the news. This is not a correction to confirm that he's out. Yeah. So I think that's where you'll get your closing line value. But if you missed out on that, that is what I'm going with, that the Rams are going to win this ball game. I feel like such a sellout just being like, we should go against the Bengals because they have looked like shit. So this would be such a prime bounce back spot for them. But these young guys that have shown up and gone to bat for the Rams and Puga Nakua <laughs> and Kyron Williams have been phenomenal. Like Kyron Williams has very little NFL experience, and he's already one of the top fantasy running backs, and that's for a good reason. I mean, they're really depending on him. He's coming just short of 20 carries a game, which is insane for someone who's so fresh, uh, as well as Puka Nakua, who's a rookie. And he's getting... He's breaking plus, records. Yeah, he's breaking records. He's getting double-digit catches a game, which is unheard of. And that's not only a testament to their skill level, but it's very clear that two very experienced offensive minds in Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay trust these young guys and we should trust them too. the Bengals defense as you have touched on over the summer as well as now they leave a lot to be desired compared to Bengals defenses of the past where I don't think it's going to be a major threat for the Rams I feel really good about them in this spot um, and again I, I I go into full detail about it in my early best best article which you can find at happyhoursports.net but yeah I, I don't need to speak on it too much further not looking to um do much more with it besides i do have them in the other teaser that's in the article that brought them up to eight you get that now at eight and a half or nine depending on what book you're looking at and i still think that's fine with how low the total is so a couple of different ways to play the rams i would do it now don't wait for the news to happen sunday if it does happen sunday and joe burrow plays yes you are going to get a bad closing line value but do know you're not getting a fully healthy Joe Burrow where we've already seen what a non-fully healthy Joe Burrow looks like this season. I think it's going to be even worse. Yeah, I think I think you hit some points there. I'll toot my own horn again and say that I, I did draft Kyron Williams in a lot of my drafts this year because Cam Akers sucks. <laughs> He's terrible, and it was pretty clear that I don't know why Cam Akers was going in so high in drafts, but... Well, that's bit, besides the point. You missed out on on him in our league. I did. So I took him in. I'm in five leagues. So yeah, there's uh, some other ones there. I've got four here, and I've got him in half of them, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's awesome. There's also helps, waivers in both. Yeah, it helps when you're the worst team week one that you can just pick up the best players. Well, yeah, that does help. It <laughs> does help. The other league that I have him in, though, I'm one of the best teams, and uh, just, maybe I'm one of the best teams because nobody's paying attention. Sure, 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 sure. Nobody cares about our fantasy team, so we, we should probably cut the pod there. Yeah. That is like the cardinal sin of talking into a microphone. Nobody gives a shit about our fantasy team. So <laughs> if you haven't cut us out already, we'll let you cut us out now. Appreciate you guys listening to us. DJ, any final words of wisdom? No, I appreciate you guys as always. We will hopefully turn it around this week. And always, as always, we'll be back on Tuesday with the recap and moving on to week four. But this is going to be an interesting week. I'm excited to get into it. And look out for that article from DJ where he will have uh, highlighting his plays where plays turn from leans to plays and leans to no-go. So definitely look out for that. Have those leans circled. But I think that we went I think we little, went a little less aggressive on this podcast, and rightfully so. It should help you guys with your betting strategy too. Yeah, for sure. The boys bet better with beer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sharpen the Public. 
A lot of effort goes into this and everything we do at Happy Hour Sports. So we would really appreciate it if you would follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with someone who needs to be sharpened because I know those people are everywhere. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next one.